I'm gonna blast your borders, baby. November 3rd, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 69. I rode a sex wave and washed up in Ohio. I'm Abel Kirby. And I've got nothing to say except I'm cold acid. And that's actually a lie. <laughs> and the show is over, folks. There's nothing left to talk about. No Vangabus. No horror. No, no, no. I am cold acid, but I'm lying about I have nothing to say. Uh, oh. I have lots to say. My God. I hope you do because I don't have show notes. I got nothing. I got, like, stuff I was, uh, I'm stuck in Ohio, and so we're trying to produce the show, so all I usually do is I take notes of stuff throughout the day, and I put it in, uh, in my little notepad so I can read it, uh, catch up on it later. I don't have that shit anymore, because I'm in Ohio, and I gave it a, I just started sending stuff to Cold Acid to put in his notes, so we've got some, uh, some spicy production uh, fails coming up, I think, or, or production wins, you don't know, sometimes it goes really well. We might invent a new segment. Well, Who knows? I've got a, I've got a couple of things. You sent me a couple of things, and there was something that was put off from last week. So, we've got content from you, and we've got content from me. Woo! So, I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. All we need now is an audience. But before we get, before we get into all that content, uh, we should probably, we should probably send out some karma to our executive producer for tonight's episode, who is once again Sir Jimmy of the Hollow Books. Woohoo! Who sent in $8.88 and no note. Oh boy. We also got a donation from Cotton Gin for this week's show and he sent in three thirty-three. That's great. He also didn't send in a note, so I've got nothing to say from either of them to us. Which makes my life a little easier, I guess. <laughs> That's what we need. More words on the show. Guys, we we don't have enough to say. We gotta we gotta have more words. No, I love it, uh, Sir Jimmy of the Holly Books. Thanks more a lot. More words. More words. Yeah, he loves us, man. He yeah. loves us. That's great. He gave us a raise. I think mm, that's nice. We're up on the and oh, cotton he, gin. He also. floats it. He floats it around. <laughs> yeah, and cotton gin. Cotton gin. Also, thank you. Uh, he sent me a text day wondering if yes. we're doing the show or not. I didn't respond because that's the kind of friend I am. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a that's a bit of a dick move. Yeah, uh, I'm the worst texter ever. Oh, boy. So I saw I heard something. Pop. So what do you got? I got me I got me the five oh first again or the five oh one queen. All right, I got. I'm drinking a streetcar. Speaking of the cider boys, the Venga bus driven by the cider boys, I think is what we have. Um, it's a grape stump apple grape hard cider. It's pretty good. Comes in a can. Or a, a bottle. It doesn't come in a can. It comes in a bottle. Yeah. It, the sound of you opening it did not sound like opening a can. No, no. It sounded like opening a bottle. And I have these little uh, reverb generating uh, caps on my, my giant hotel desk. Yeah, so Ohio, man. I'm in damn Ohio now. At least for We're today. in Ohio. I am in the middle of Dublin, Ohio. Dublin. Double butt, double butted in Dublin. It's next to Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Like a suburb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a nice place. Been bumping around. I had Halloween here, so I had a new job I started on Monday. And so I had my third day at work today. Oh, cool, man. It's nice to be making money for once after a little while of just having... Uh, what, you weren't making money before? Well, I was. You know, I did some side gigs. Um... 
I mean, some of it still hasn't come out. Like it did sound for a video game that still hasn't been published. So I can't even hawk it because it's not out there. Um, but I did some paid work like that. and um, Yeah, okay. So on that video stuff. game, was it was it just like was it just like pay for work or do you get a percentage i did buy sound and it's a free game so uh there's no sales on it it's just it was uh hey i need to hire someone and you can make chump change making uh making sound effects okay sounds good to me it was a passion project. so yeah so it was like a fiver it was like a fiver thing yeah except there was more than five because i wouldn't I, I tried fiver and it was garbage i got no hits no interest and all the projects there sucked. So I that's because ever... you're not Tyrone. Yeah, yeah, big man Tyrone. Man, I I miss <laughs> I miss those days when I forget I forget his actual name, but like everybody just called him Tyrone, and he was doing all those short clips for people on 4chan, where he was just like rolling out the memes. Yeah, so people would reply to a thread post by paying Tyrone to read a script, <laughs> and he'd do a thing where yeah he'd. If you paid him a little more, he'd have a picture in the background, and then he'd read whatever the script was as long, you know, he had some guidelines. Like, he wouldn't say anything, but he would, uh, he'd, say, he'd say a lot of stupid shit. He'd say, he'd say quite a lot. Uh, it was a very, very fun guy. Uh, they, they took his videos, and they, he showed up in a compilage of fake news where they kept putting, uh, it, it was like a fake, fake news uh, comedy sketch, but they had him as the king of Kekistan. Uh, where he had his banners and everything, and he's giving a warning, nice. a warning to the invaders. If you invade, you know this. We're gonna come after you. It's really funny. There, there's this one that I like because it's pointing right at people like me. A leaf. <laughs> a fucking leaf. <laughs> Their flag is a fucking leaf. <laughs> That's good. Oh my god! They could have put anything there, and they chose a fucking leaf. <laughs> he just goes on, doesn't he? It's like the Energizer yeah. Bunny. Yeah, yeah. Oh my like god. Like 40 seconds of him pointing at us Canadians. Hey, you know what they have in Ohio? Tim Hortons. <laughs> like 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 Sir Spencer said in the chat. Dave the Rick soon. Yeah. That's the day of the Rick. No, they have Tim Hortons around here. <laughs> so I got a I got a coffee at Tim Hortons today. Yeah. Oh yeah, all Speaking the of... all the states that uh, border Canada have Tim Hortons in them. Hmm. And we have a maritime border with Canada in Ohio. As I found out, yes. Even though we don't yes, have, yes, you a, do. A, but that is still that is still a border. It is still. You a can take a ferry from Sandusky to Point Pelee, Ontario. But ask him nicely first. Okay. What well, was that? Got, you said, went all garbled. Oh, I said ask him nicely first. All yeah. right. All right. Move on. Move on. <laughs> move on. Yeah. Uh, oh, I saw. Did we talk about my wonderful, beautiful rack? Ah, uh, let me talk about costumes real fast. I have like one note, which is talking okay. about the stupid costumes. Halloween costumes. Okay, the only the only fun thing I did is I went out on. Uh, I did a little bar crawl uh, on leading up to Halloween to find out where I wanted to be, and then also on Halloween. And so I was hanging out at this place called Dub Pub in Dublin, 
And they had a little Halloween party there. I was just a guy who walked in, right? So I'm hanging out in the corner. But they had a bunch of people in costumes. And so they had a monkey walked in the door, monkey doing monkey business. Uh, ook, someone, ook. someone was dressed up as Jaws, which was kind of fun. Uh, you know, like a shark costume. One of the one of the girls was Jaws, and then her her did uh, somebody did somebody come as a bigger boat? Someone came as a swimmer, but not as a bigger boat. <laughs> you know, with a life jacket and everything. But the one yeah. that got me, and this is an inside joke. This is how you know you're you're kind of you walked into some place you're not familiar with yet because someone came in in like a suit with just like branches and leaves all over the place. And, uh, like almost like a guilt, like a bad ghillie suit, you know, if you just put taped branches to your body and he walks in and, uh, apparently everyone, in the, everyone in the place got it and, and, uh, they start laughing and it's like, oh, what's going on? He goes, yeah, I'm dressed up as a bitch in a ditch. And he's, I guess it was a, the local, the bartender who was serving that night, I guess fell in a ditch one day and it's the local legend now. <laughs> so there's the bitch oh, in the ditch. So it was a interesting, uh, interesting kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, they have Ohio's everywhere, man. Oh, the, uh, the shape, the silhouette of Ohio yep. is on every damn sign. It's on the Budweiser sign, like the Budweiser neon sign has Ohio, a silhouette of Ohio on it. The road signs have Ohio. Every, everybody signs. just loves to pimp the, uh, everybody just loves to pimp the Drew Carey state. Yeah, it's, it's surprising the only time i've seen more of the same logo in one place is when you go to dallas and you see that dallas cowboys uh, star everywhere it's like that but ohio i don't know which i would rather see the dallas cowboys star everywhere or ohio everywhere well i i don't have a big problem with the cowboys but i saw them um they, I don't think they were playing. I saw an NFL game, and they have a new visual effect in there. I don't know if you watch American football, but you know they always no, have some our, new... Our, football, our Canadian football is so much better. Do they have a new stupid graphic every year that they have to pimp around, and uh, it it's just it turns out to be annoying 90% of the time? Because the NFL nope. sure does. Here's what I saw on Fox NFL. They have fake dirt. Fake dirt. You know how in a video game when uh, there's footfalls and it puffs up like a little cloud of dirt to sort of simulate that, oh, you kicked up dust as the cowboy was walking down the dusty road? They do that. Yeah. So the footfalls of the NFL players, um, when they happen on screen, you know, they have an effect that they'll overlay where it's like, so they're on grass, right? But then it, it kicks up dirt like they're on a dusty road. But it's synth it's a it's a visual synthesis sort of thing. You know, it's a particle effect they just add in in real time, which is cool technology. Because that's totally there when you actually play football on the ground. It's that people see not. It's cool technology, but damn, like this is useless and it's annoying. Every time I saw it, it pissed me off. Can we just go back to putting? Uh, different, different star filters and all the uh, the camera lenses, and say, "Hey, this is the, this is the cool factor that we need." You know, that's all I care about. I don't need any dirt, fake dirt. Just give me a star filter. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say about Canadian football, since some, since some people may may find it laughable, our field's longer. Oh. And yeah. not only that. We only do three downs instead of four, so you got to have more skill if you're going to get those touchdowns. Right. Our game is far more hardcore than your shorter field, more downs, easier to play American football. Neener, neener, neener. Hmm. I don't know. 
It's always like a major game. My football game. can beat up your footballs. Oh, man. I've never really seen a Canadian football game, you know, all the way through. I've seen them around. Like, every once in a while, they'll play, you know, unimportant sports on ESPN 12. But other than that, I've never really seen one. I've seen quite a few of them. Uh, my One of my ex-girlfriends, she was really big into Ontario University football. Hmm. And... And she and her mom were were strong supporters of the Hamilton Ticats. So when I'd go out there, sometimes we'd end up going to the university football games. So we'd be traveling around different places in southern Ontario that had to universities that had teams and mm-hmm. uh, to watch uh, to watch Hamilton or what's it McMaster's team play. And then uh, every so often, I'd get dragged over to a Ticats game. And if they were playing the Argos, I had to keep my mouth shut for my own safety. (laughs) Because, like, Hamilton and Toronto, when it comes to sports, are not on good terms with each other, Hmm. to put it lightly. Hmm. Yeah, I've got to get up there someday, and uh, we should go to a football game. Someday. Hamilton is still really pissed that the uh, Maple Leafs blocked them from the possibility of getting their own NHL team. And the GTA could definitely support a second NHL team. Hmm. It's just it's just that the owners of the Leafs, they don't want to lose their guaranteed revenue by having another hockey team in the area that might actually play well and win the cup. Oh, is that it? I guess, you know, yeah, you're that's, pr- for that's pretty much huh? it. The, the leaf, the Leafs fill seats, but because of that, they, they don't have pressure on them from management to actually perform well, because so long as they play at all, they're pretty much selling out for every home game. But if there was another team in the area that people could go see instead that would win games, then everybody would go start watching their games instead. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what to say about that. It's just like that's business as usual. They're always... Political fuckery in hockey. That's what it is. Well, speaking of not playing by the rules, I've got some breaking news uh, from an article by Vice. Uh, This is unbelievable, according to the headline. The monkey jizz cryptocurrency. Turns out it's a scam. This is a... Monkey jizz. This is a crypto... Crypto. Cryptocurrency called monkey jizz. Uh, Turns out it was one of these rug pulls. They just raised a bunch of money, and then they dumped it and ran away. Uh Uh-oh. Now I think on on Ablecraft we covered briefly as uh, so. In, so in other words, in other words, they got everybody jerking it, blew their wad, and ran off. So the monkey jizz crypto is a scam, but I think there was one called monkey sperm uh, that I think is different. I, I think that one's still safe. So say no to monkey jizz. Say yes to monkey sperm. Yay! I, I'll I'll say no to both of them. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what a little monkey jizz? No, maybe maybe some maybe some monkey vag, but even then I don't think so. Ah, it's episode sixty nine. You got 
some monkey badge. <laughs> All right. That's true. It is episode 69, and you know what that means? It's time to talk about your rack. No, it's, uh... It's not time to talk it's about time... your No, it's not time. We got a little. We got a little special gift from... Sir Spencer and DeLorean of Bowl After Bowl. All right. Well, that's all, folks. You can guess what uh, that is. uh, Talk to you next week. Sayonara. See you later. Hey, (laughs) hey, hey. All right. Smart ass. All right. All right. Here's the here's here's a great thing, too, about this uh, about this clip they sent us for this to play. It is 69 seconds. Oh, boy. I can't. So how about I start? Yeah. You're going to have to. Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna? Wait for it. Yay! Oh. Oh boy, it's not delightful. It's Sir Spencer. Oh yeah. Kansas City. Uh huh. And I'm um, Delorean. Mm-hmm. Coming at you with another 69 mm-hmm. challenge. Congratulations Yay. on episode 69. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Cold Acid and Evil Kirby. 69 episodes of Rare Encounter. Oh, boy. And they never had a fight. 69! 69, dudes! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to listen. Cole, is this mm-hmm. what we're going to do? We're just going to listen to this? We're going to sit here oh, yeah. and, acid. and just put up with it? Let me also send you some blockchain syncing karma. Oh, yeah. For your impending node. Yay! Yeah, I'm getting a node. I'm gonna blow my node. I'm getting a node. Do we have to listen? Or do we have to click adult content when we uh, when we play this now and uh, when we upload the episodes? Yeah, today's episode is gonna be adult content. This is against my terms of service. We can't talk about sex on this podcast. That's illegal. We can't do that. <laughs> Yay! All right, thanks, Spencer. <laughs> thanks, Laurie. And this is uh. Gentlemen, you can't fight here. This is the war room. It's uh, it's just what I always wanted. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It's... And yeah, so so talking about blowing my node. Yeah, yes. Let's, my... let's talk about your rack, please. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that one. Yeah. Um, I bet. But yeah, so I ended up I ended up getting another pie to stick in my rack. And it turned out that I needed to get a bigger rack because the one that I had would not be able to fit a would not be able to fit like a tray that I could put the drives on. Uh. Before I just had the I just had the drives connected to the pies just flopping around on the power bar, but I don't really like that. It doesn't oh, no. it doesn't seem right doing that. No, that's wrong. You so don't So I went pies. from a six unit to an eight unit. Your floppy floppy rack is no good. That's what now, I Now, my rack's not floppy. It's it was just a little too small. So now I've gone from I've gone from 6 to 8 units and I've got a nice rack shelf in there for putting the hard drives it's on. It's like a cat, you know? 6 to 8 units. Got a big old 8 unit mm-hmm. rack. Slowly turning so into an animal. After tonight's show, yeah, <laughs> after tonight's show, I'm going to start up the new Pi and it's going to be my lightning node. Uh-huh. Which means that if all goes according to plan, next week people will be able to start streaming sats to us. Woohoo! We, it will be podcast 2.0, value for value. We're already yeah. value for we're value. Get, we're getting up there, man. Finally. Yeah, hey? 69 episodes later. 
Yeah. That is great. No, this is a long time yeah, coming. Yeah, about damn time. I'll get you hooked up with the Boostergram stuff. Uh, I'm Honestly, you could probably do it yourself, but I've got a, a little how-to. I don't know. It's not really a how-to. It's like a little script that, that might help you figure out how the hell these things work uh, just by looking at it because then we can get Boostergrams with the messages uh, uh, and uh, read them on the show, which is yeah, yes, we could. incredibly fun, by the way. Boostergrams. Boostergrams. Yeah, let me know. It's just uh, fun to say. When you get... Boostergrams. When you get it uh, spun up, you have to get it with uh, Sir Spencer who's doing another Ring of Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, first of all, I doubt that it's going to actually be ready to go before, like, Sunday or Monday, just given the amount of time it'll take to sync the whole blockchains. Jesus. But yeah, after that, after that, yeah, we will, the, we will start... Cole, the, uh, the process of Ring of Fire isn't like over. Here's here's what it was like when I did it. It was like a week and a half of, uh, hey, I opened a channel. Okay, what do I do? I don't know. You, this guy's channel, he has a channel open, but it's the wrong channel. Okay, close that one, open the next one. It's like a continuing, uh, a continuing, uh, eight, uh, not HR, IT nightmare, you know, where the, oh, it's like trying to herd cats. It's trying to get a bunch of people to do the same thing the right way. It's uh then you gotta set your fees to zero. No one knows how to set the fees to zero. You know, it's a, it's fun. Well, you know what? You've done it. Sir Spencer's done it a couple of times. Mm. So I've got you guys to lean on if I can't figure shit out. Yeah. Well, welcome, so, welcome yeah, be to ready. the welcome to the noted world. I mean, the the Raspberry Blitz is kind of like. Um, are you running uh, Raspberry Blitz or is it something else on the Raspberry Pi? I'm going to be running Raspberry Blitz. I've got the card already uh, imaged, but I haven't started it up or anything. So there's no configuration done yet. Or That's all going to be in, in uh, I guess, an hour and a half or so. Ooh, cool. Yeah, uh, being a yeah, lightning... I mean, I mean, we got to produce the episode, right? And then after after we've done all of that and I can just concentrate on it, it is going to be configuring Raspberry Blitz and getting it kicked off to sync the blockchain. It is fun. It's addictive. And then, I, and then we play the waiting game. <laughs> the syncing game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So what do we got while we, uh, while we, we wait to play the waiting game? I'm going down my list. I've got uh, nothing. <laughs> I got your rack arrival. Oh, well, I got some more tech news. Yeah, lead lead the whole if show. Want, I can't do it. Want. All right. So, can you believe that there are places that still regularly use floppy disks? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. I, I've done my whole career. Yes. Well, they're still they're still a regular feature for the bureaucracy in Tokyo, but that's going away soon. Thanks to thanks to national government initiatives and Japanese banks saying, "Oh, we're going to charge you well, as essentially the equivalent of a five thousand dollars extra every month if you keep using physical media for for synchronizing our accounts mm. instead of doing it all online." So certain words, certain words in Tokyo. Uh, some of them have already started uh, transitioning away from floppies. 
and uh, some of them are going to be transitioning over the next few years. So are they transitioning to jazz? Yeah, I mean drives? it's one more it's one more step to the beloved three and a half inch floppy going from going from like an actual thing that people use to just that cute little icon on a toolbar. So are they transitioning to jazz drives or CDRs? Or maybe zip drives? No, to to the internet. Oh. Straight to the internet. However, I do have it on good authority that they are not getting rid of the fax machines just yet. Oh, uh, you can have that fax They're machine. They're keeping those around. Then you can send unsolicited messages to, I guess, 10 other people in the world. Who still has a fax machine? Everybody in Japan, pretty much. Jeez. Yeah, it's one of those things that'll never yeah, die. They, fa fax machines are like... Are, yeah, they are never going to die, unlike the floppy disk. It's the other thing that... Uh, apparently they had better floppy disks there in Japan than we did here, because according to according to one person from Megaro Ward, said the disk almost never broke and lost data. And let me tell you, even with even with new floppies back in the day, I would be dealing with I would be dealing with damaged disks and bad sectors all the time. Hmm. So I don't know what sort of like magical Japanese pixie dust they're using for the magnetic medium on their floppy disks, but it's certainly better than the shit we were getting here. Hmm. Yeah, I've had floppies we've used for 20 years. You know, the, they were manufactured 20 years ago, and you, and you can tell because they have a label that has a date on it. Uh, it's usually the only way you can tell. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you need a floppy for something. Usually it's test equipment, For in my case. Uh, it, it's like it's a piece of equipment, and it works just fine. You know, it works just as, as fine now as it did back in, the, in 1998 when they bought it. And it had a floppy drive, and that was the only way that you really dealt with uh, getting data on and off. So to replace it would be $100,000, or you could just use a floppy drive. So what do you think we do? Yeah, it saves a... Use a floppy drive. Use a floppy drive. But what drive. are you going to do once once the floppy disks are no longer available? I mean, nobody's making them anymore. Usually what I do is I dig through this, uh, you know, like an old drawer with a bunch of, you know, archaic stuff, and you find like a firmware disk for some shit that doesn't matter, and then you reformat it. And so as long as we keep having a... As long as we have microwave engineers who are terrible pack rats and they save everything and, and, you know, they have cabinets and cabinets full of just garbage like old firmware disks for hardware that doesn't exist anymore, I think we have a supply, you know. Uh, it's probably depletable someday, but not for thousands of years. You have that many, huh? <laughs> These microwave That's engineers. a lot of floppies. Yeah. That and expired glue. I don't know why they keep so much glue in there, but it's a thing. Maybe they don't realize it's expired. I never knew that glue could expire. Yeah, well, when it turns into a solid brick instead of a can, you know, it's a, it's a little clue. Yeah, a lot of things. Okay, are, fair enough. A lot of things. I guess I've, I guess I've never left glue long enough for it to get to that point. Yeah, I always sniff it as soon as I buy it. I know. I thought that was for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you had some tech news that you wanted uh, you wanted to stick in the notes. Are, is this something that I like texted you at two a.m. 
Because I don't remember what I said yeah, to you. Yeah, this is, this is about Pepsi. Oh, yeah, the Pepsi data center. Um, yeah. Pepsi's opening a data center for Pepsi-related things. Because um, think back to some of the stories we've covered about, uh, like the Cheetos AI initiative, which I think was actually with Microsoft uh, doing the AI, and a couple other things. You know, manufacturing, modern manufacturing, isn't dumb, if you really do it well, you are actually, you have a lot of things that are all connected and you can monitor all these different sensors and log data and do statistics on it and find out if you're really doing things the, the best way or if, if there's a problem, you might be able to detect it before it, uh, before it causes a failure. You know, there's a, there's a lot of really cool technology out there for manufacturing and a company like Pepsi, which does a lot of manufacturing, note that I didn't say baking, <laughs> they manufacture food. The um, it makes sense. And did you post the link in the the chat there? That's what I no, remember. I have the top but of my I will. Head. I'm just reciting from memory because I remember it. Uh, I don't remember the URL. Oh yeah, it was potatopro.com with a stock photo. Of course. <laughs> of course, it was potatopro.com. Yeah, five hundred. Who else would who else would cover this? They say five hundred new high caliber data and digital jobs are going to be created by these hubs, and they're building one in Dallas and Barcelona. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. You know, um, you don't think of Pepsi as a data company, but at a high level, you know, a lot of these companies have to become data companies. At, if they at want this to point, at this point, everybody's a data company. Yeah. This Potato Pro just comes out with these cool stories, you know. So I suppose that's in the show notes. Let me look. Hey. Yeah, it's in the show notes. 69. I've got like IP addresses inside the show notes. What is this? Oh my god! So apparently, apparently, uh, part of what they're looking to do is that customers of Pepsi themselves would have access to sales and inventory data in real time. Uh, better planning for Pepsi to produce and ship out their products. And by customers, we don't mean. The average Pepsi drinker, right? We're talking about stores. No, we're, that buy we're talking Pepsi. about like distributors, yeah. restaurants. You know, those those who actually provide Pepsi products to the end consumer. Yeah. When you see stuff like this, it makes me think. Okay, there is a division of Pepsi that's kind of doing something interesting, and it's not just trying to fit a a cheaper drink into a smaller bottle and sell it for more, which is what it seems like everyone's doing these days. Except Monkey Jizz. Yeah. They gave up on that. I have no idea why. With a name like that, I mean, <laughs> it's a that's, winner. A, that's a sure winner. I mean, yeah, you could have the uh, the Cortese Monkey Jizz. I mean, that could be your team. The Cortese? I could also have the... I could also have the Dream Monkeys. The Dream Monkeys. What about the Sea Monkeys? I'm still watching that, and it's still like... It's still making me facepalm with every episode. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, they are called the Dream Monkeys, aren't they? Yeah. Dreaming of the Monkey Jizz. Those Canadian animes. And so far, so far, they still have not actually broken out into song and dance. There was just that part in the cold open for the first episode. Hmm. Yeah, I'm so behind on anime. So you've been continuing to watch this. You've, oh yeah, of course. You're trying to become angry. 
is my suspicion. Because you said you didn't like it. You said it was. I'm a masochist sometimes. When it when it comes to anime, I'm a masochist. There there are shows that I will watch because I can't stand them. There are other shows that I will hate watch. <laughs> Good old hate watch. You know. Uh, Good old hate watch. You know what I hate watched? Clonade. Really? I, yeah. Well, that's how I started because I, I watched like two episodes. Just, okay, this is dumb. I, I'm not into this. And then I read a spoiler for the show where they said Nagisa dies. And uh, looking at it and say, I don't know. It doesn't seem like she's going to die. Okay, I'm going to watch it just to see her die. And so I got through the first season. And it's, you know, funny moments and stuff. And I started liking it more and more and more. And then I got up to, and then she didn't die. It's like, well, what the fuck are they talking about? Okay, and then there's a, the next season comes on. I'm list, watching it. I'm liking it more and more and more and more and more. And then it became, it started as a hate watch. And then it became, I was genuinely into this show. And by the time you get to Clannad After Story, it has some of the, like, just really heart-wrenching shit is going down. And uh, I think it was because... Because it's key. Yeah. And these characters were, I think, it, about the same age I was at the time. And then there's this moment where uh, the protagonist, what's his name, uh, gets out of high school. And then he's like, well, I got to get a job. I got to do stuff. You know, what, what am I doing with my life? And he has this this moment where he's trying to figure things out. And I, I say, wow, shit, this is, he's, he's talking to me, you know? Because uh, I was right at the same age, thinking the same thing, so I started identifying with this whole show, and uh, and uh, then then, well, you know, the twist at the end. It's, ah, fuck! It was terrible, man. I got suckered in. I cried, I cried <laughs> like know, a, it, it I, fucking baited you, man. Baited the show me. baited you. You I, started with a hate watch. It got I, you to actually like it, and then it just fucking stabs you in the back right yeah, at the end. And then I cried like a bitch, and I'll say that on the show. <laughs> That was bad. That was a uh... yeah. No wonder you don't like slice of life. Oh, who said I don't like slice of life? I don't like bad anime. That's Servo said. Hmm. I like some. Like I liked um, Lucky Star was fun. I liked Hyako. yes. Lucky Star was definitely fun, and that was totally slice of life. Do you remember Hyako? It was the one with the orange uniforms, uh, orange and black. A very interesting uniform design. I don't think I watched that. Long-running manga with, like, an airsoft subplot. Uh, it was a four-girls slice-of-life uh, series, and it had one season, maybe 2006, and that one was really good. It was I really don't fun. think I watched it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I watched it. Yeah, I'd recommend that, and it's kind of a slice-of-life. Oh, well. What do you say this name was again? Uh, Hyako, I think, is what it was. It was a kind of popular manga. It might have two exclamation points in it. H-Y-A-K-K-O. Yeah, that's it. Was it 2009? Now I'm reading. This is where the show turns into Abel Kirby reads Wikipedia. Yeah, 2006 uh, is when the, the comic came out. The adaptation came out in 2008. So I'm a little off on the timing, but yeah, it was a fun one. Slice of life. Yeah, so no. I've been fact-checked as well. The The comment about not liking Slice of Life was actually aimed at me, not you. Oh, wait a minute. But I do like Slice of Life shows. Yeah, Cold Acid watches all this garbage. What do you mean he doesn't like Slice of Life? Yeah. Hmm. About the only stuff that I don't watch is, like, Yowie and Yuri. Well, why don't you watch Strike Witches, then? 
I just said I don't watch Yowie and Yuri. Ah. It's not. It's not Yuri. It's true love. That's uh huh. <laughs> That's what they all say. It's it's accessible to everyone. Let me tell you. It's a, it's a story for anyone in the world can enjoy Strike Witches. Did you know they simulca simulcast Pe that on People YouTube? of all ages and nationalities can enjoy can enjoy little lesbians who fly around They're with not lesbians. boots and propellers. They're not lesbians. Excuse you. There's even a Canadian one. Hello? 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 Coldassie? Hello? He got so shocked, he was shocked when I said there's a I Canadian strike witch. There's a Canadian strike witch. Who was a minor there character. There is? Yeah. Huh. It was Lynette Bishop's sister. Oh, minor character. Yeah, then I'm not going to care. Well, you know. Wake me up when there's a Canadian major character in an anime. Uh, well, you know, there's got to be some out there. They had Kate. Probably. Yeah, yeah. what about Kate from Sketchbook? Since we're talking about... Did you ever watch that? She was a Canadian. She spoke with... Um, Sketchbook? I think it was Sketchbook Full Colors was the show. And she she speaks with a... Um, she speaks Japanese with a shitty Canadian accent. And so she, the whole time she's... Hello, my name is Kate. How do you do? Is, is her... Um, all the things she says in English. And then when she's what? speaking Japanese... When she speaks Japanese, it's hard to... I can't do it because I can't do it. But you can tell it's like... A Japanese woman doing a basically a racist English accent. It's hilarious. She's a she's a fan favorite. <laughs> Fuck. I I might have to go and like try and find some clips of this then. Yeah, I I should have clipped it for the show uh, before. Just just to get my rage on some more. Though she's doing Japanese, she's going, oh desu car. Oh, that's like that's how she talks the whole show. It's great. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I am from Canada, and they think I am slow, eh? <laughs> yeah. Eh? That, that moment in that episode of Simpsons is, like, my favorite Canadian moment ever on TV. Canadians on TV, man. You know, we used to watch Red Green. And that was such a good episode of Simpsons, too. That was the one with uh, Hank Scorpio. We used to get a bunch of Canadian TV, because I grew up in New Hampshire, um, and they, I, I suppose they did it in other parts of the country too, but we got like Red Green Show. We got yes Canadian rebroadcasts of English TV. So we had, you know, stuff that was from, uh, I don't know, like, like the UK would be broadcast, uh, picked up by Canada and then syndicated in the US somehow. I don't know. There's some weird reach around going on there, but we would get it over the air. A lot of, uh, you know what, actually for, for us. A lot of those British TV shows that I saw, we were picking up from PBS over over the lake from Buffalo. Hmm. I don't know if it like, was PBS. When I, when I watched shows like Are You Being Served or Keeping Up Appearances, they were airing on Buffalo's PBS station. Hmm. They weren't carrying on any Canadian station. Well, we weren't getting, we weren't in range of that, so we were, uh, we were further east and I don't know what station it was. I know you had point. Jeez, I can't remember what the hell station it was. But we maybe, maybe it was maybe it was some sort of uh, maritimer thing. Man, I was talking to some people about this pirate radio uh, time in the forties. Uh, I need to get the name of this uh, this this story, but it was sometime in the 
the 40s where someone had paid to get a balanced audio line from like his place in Arizona or something. He's across the border to Mexico so he could get like a megawatt tower and, and uh, broadcast his radio show over the border. Uh, I can't remember what the hell. The oh, good old was. Border Blasters. Yeah, Border Blaster. He was a border early, early Border Blaster. But he was the funny thing was he was in the U.S., but he just had a really long microphone cable. And they he ran it over the border so he could put the tower on the other side. And uh, somehow Clever. that worked uh, for a very short time. And then they made it illegal. So Yeah, until until the FCC was like, yeah, you can't do that. Nope. You got to be on that side. And before before the U.S. and Mexico actually hammered out an agreement on use of the airwaves that ended the border blaster era. Yeah. I think even in the 60s, didn't they have Wolfman Jack? Didn't he have a border blaster station? That was, that was a thing, but in actuality, he was being syndicated in the U.S. Yeah, I, I know he had a, like a legal station. Um, I, I thought there was a border blaster element to it. Ah, oh, well. I think, I think the border blaster elements in the Wolfman Jack story are more blown up than real. Hmm. I'd have to look into it. It's been a while since I read up about all of that, but the impression that's always stuck with me is that it was more, more it was more marketing than anything. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. I mean, we could market ourselves as border blasters. I'm a border blaster. Actually, you're a border blaster too. I'm gonna blast your borders, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a few good moments today <laughs> good yeah. lord well i got a couple stomps down you know i was trying to come up with one from Maryland. yeah i mean i mean it would be hard not to with with some of the shit that's been coming out of my mouth today i had one for when i got back from when i was driving through new york and i was gonna come on the show and say driving the washington monument straight into the lincoln tunnel that was gonna be my opening and i couldn't do that Oh man, wrote, that would have been a great opening. I wrote it down because I was uh, I'd driven by both of them in the same day. So that would have been a great opening. Too bad you didn't use it. Yeah, it's got the homoerotic uh, founding fathers. It's got everything. But we don't talk. And about it's got it's got a it's got a large monument going into a deep tunnel. Yep. But we don't talk about sex. Giggity, giggity, giggity. We don't talk about sex on this show. It's illegal. Like I said. You're gonna have uh, okay. How about? Go ahead. How about uh, NFTs though? Can we talk about those? Are they monkey sperm? No, they're not. Uh, they're sorry. at war though. At war. NFTs yeah. at war. Dial N NFT platforms versus the Twitter T-shirt bots. No matter who loses, we win. So what happened? Tell me about this war. Okay, so you know how, like, there are the... If you mention anything on the bird site that includes the term t-shirt, you'll end up getting... You'll end up getting, like, spammed at by these t-shirt bots that start offering you t-shirts with whatever you were referring to on them. Oh, right. So people have figured out they can they can game this 
to play those off of the NFT sites where their whole thing is, this JPEG, there's only this one official copy of it, and it's an NFT. You can't copy it. You can't, you can't stick it on anything because you don't own it. It's mine because it's an NFT. And so, and so people are starting to like purposely do this to get like NFT pictures on T-shirts just to fuck with these people. Oh uh, well, you know what are you gonna do? I love it. Honestly, I I love it because it's two stupid things being used to piss off people who are into stupid things. Oh, I see the link. You know, I've never heard a great use case for NFTs until just the other day. Uh, I was I told you the what the what the proper use case was for NFTs, and that was for establishing a chain of ownership for actual physical properties. Like an NFT, NFTs could work as like a property deed or or to specify ownership of an artwork, right? Like an actual physical painting, like a Van Gogh or a Van Dyck or a Dick Van something Dyke. else like that, right? Where, where it's established Establishing that yes, this was owned by this person, and then and then they sold it to this other person. So this particular copy that you're buying, since it is owned by the person who currently holds the NFT, you can be sure that it's actually legit. That sort of thing, right? One of the things that I heard that would be really cool, uh, it, if if you applied it to like the Steam library, Origin library, you know, good old games kind of thing. Um, right now, you can't resell anything, or it's hard to, or it's hard to transfer ownership of something in your Steam library. If you say you want to close your Steam account and open a new one, or you know, or transfer a game from one account to another, uh, it's very difficult to do. And in fact, a while ago, they would actively stop you from doing that. There would be no way to just move your Steam library to a, uh, another username if you wanted to. And not mm -hmm. that Steam cares anything about their customers. Uh, so they'll never implement it because they, you know, it's not their business. But you could imagine a system... If they won't you, implement it because nobody... Because even if it was, none of, none of them there at Valve are interested enough in doing the work. And that's why things don't get done at Valve. Yeah. The idea would be that the NFT itself is a way to uh, basically access your CD key is the simplest way to put it. Uh, not literally like a CD key, but you can use that. Uh, but yeah, you're, li to you're licensed you're the one. to the product. Yeah, and you could go sell that. You could have a smart contract that says, I'm a rental service, and I'm going to rent this out to anyone uh, who wants it, you know, uh, six days at a time. Uh, you can rent, you know, say I got a season ticket for uh, my uh, my Canadian football game. Well, if that right to sit in the the seat, you know, if if you know the QR code you scan to get in the stadium, you know, is related to the the NFT, um, then what you should be able to do is make a little smart contract that says, "Well, I'm going to take the NFT and uh, I'm going to transfer it to you for this game, and maybe part of it is you're going to pay me so many sats for the the privilege of using it." And you know, it's it's kind of an open system that would let anyone 
you know, maybe trade a game from your Steam library to your Origin library. Not that, you know, those two players would be up for it, but maybe good old games, you could buy a game there and then transfer it to a friend who has another kind of different library, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't have to buy the same game uh, six times to have it on, on all the different services. So I liked that Although theory. Although you, you might still buy the same game six times anyways, just because of special things that come with one version or another. Uh, <coughs> well, if you did, you'd have six copies that are all transferable. Yes. Six transferable copies of Skyrim instead of six non-transferable copies. Yes, which would be better. <laughs> I think getting rid of Skyrim, you know, the more often you can get rid of Skyrim, the better you are. I don't know, because, I mean, you got the Skyrim VR, you got the Skyrim Special Edition yep, yep. that has, like, the ability to to play, like, where you need to eat food and drink water or you die. Uh, classic Skyrim, if you just want to go around fucking dragons. Yeah, well, I've said my piece. I'm not a fan of Skyrim. Da, 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 da. I actually enjoyed the game. I just, I also just love memeing on Todd Howard. I, uh, I just felt kind of railroaded. <laughs> I wasn't servo. Excuse me while I rim this guy. Yeah, you go rim that guy. That is rim this, or sorry, rim the sky, not rim this guy. I'm not rimming anyone, not a guy or a girl. Thank you very much. And we don't talk about sex on this show, not even on episode 69. It's forbidden. Uh-huh. It's forbidden. And yes, Morrowind was better. Morrowind. And now, thanks to thanks to the group that is essentially completely rebuilt the Morrowind's engine without using the crappy Gamebryo tech that was not able to handle the game itself you can actually you can actually play you can actually play it on modern hardware with all sorts of things and add in tamriel rebuilt so you can explore more than just vardenfell pretty good shit yeah yeah so anyway tell me about this uh, possessed car the possessed car the possessed car is something you yeah, have to the see possessed to car uh, can you drop a link in for the show? Well, unfortunately, the video did not load for me, so I can't oh, see it to believe it. I won't be able to play, uh, I won't be able to play the sound, but no, it's a car that's just, uh, royally screwed up. It's got problems where, like, you turn the headlights on and something else turns on, you know, it's all this, it's all wired run. And I think at one point, yeah, okay. I think at one point he had, uh, the blinker switch was wired up to, uh, something else, you know. It's like the classic thing where... Um, what, what the hell they used to do? You change, you change stations and the brakes go on. Or, or you wire the horn to the brake pedal. The brake lights go to the, go to a buzzer. You wire them to the horn. So every time you push the brakes, <laughs> the horn goes on and, uh, you do that to your That's got to make parking real fun. <laughs> you do it to your friend's car, uh, who works at the auto shop with you as I'm, as I'm told that's what you do. Yeah. That and, uh... What else can you do? Front-wheel drive cars, you saw them in half and then scoot around with just the, the front two wheels. <laughs> and do donuts. <laughs> do donuts with your car. And if you're really Oh, good, God. That, that would be fun yeah. to watch. Yep, yep, yep. 
Or it, it's just it's just the engine it's just the engine compartment and the front axle and like you're just sitting on top with a with a couple of ropes to like to like <laughs> manhandle the the steering uh, column. I think uh, red green show did a very bit about very that. red greenish. Red, yeah, red very green red greenish. Where they had two cars, two front wheel drive cars, <laughs> and I think he duct taped them together. He like he cut them both in half, and he uh, he duct taped the front, uh, the two of them together. So it was the fronts of two cars, you know. And he had it. Oh, it's set up so when you put the first one in drive, the the other one goes in reverse. <laughs> so it's all synchronized, you know. Hey, that, that sounds good. And you know what they say: if, if the women don't... don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. And keep your stick on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> Man. There is one other thing that that you passed over to me that was uh that seemed pretty interesting. You passed over this Vox article about McDonald's and then this Twitter account, <laughs> non-standard McDonald's. Yes, I want to go to the Mayor McCheese Mansion. And uh, Mayor when, McCheese Mansion. When Lavash, when Lavash comes in, I, it's allegedly in Independence, Ohio. And when Lavash could be lavish, shows up. I want to see if we can make it out there. It's a, it's a mansion. When, if you do, if you do, you need to bring back pictures. Yeah, of course, pictures of the mansion. Excellent. So I, I sent him a text earlier. Yeah, I want to go to the Mayor McCheese Mansion. He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Oh, cool. Wait, he texted me uh, Saturday. Oh, fuck. I'm going to be in Maryland. There is a there is a McDonald's in Buffalo, New York with a buffalo wearing Ronald McDonald's socks (laughs) and with the McDonald's logo on its side. Yes. Yes, indeed. There's so many. And there's this lone frog one that you that you sent me a picture for. Yeah. What was his name? Um. Pepe McFrog or something like that? Uh, what I gave you the name of it. I, I, I was thinking, like, of Ronnie McRibbit. And I was thinking, like, Pepe McDonald. Yeah, it was uh, very interesting. The weird shit that McDonald's has rolled out around the world uh, as either demos or franchise owners who were just trying to show off. They had a whole Twitter account. So the Vox article was about the non-standard McDonald's and kind of why they exist, but the real meat of the the story was this Twitter account where it's just photographs of weirdo McDonald's locations with, you know, non-standard stuff going on. They're all, you know, California and Florida. There's a bunch of weird... Like the McDiner. They have the McDiner showing up in places. And, uh, uh, McDonald's that is essentially, essentially covered in uh, plywood... With with like a poorly spray painted red arches uh, outlined in white spray paint on the front, you know they should in make, uh, they should make a Morgan make, Hill, California. They should make. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sticking some of these some of these definitely are getting stuck into the into the show notes because they're just so unbelievable to look at. Do you remember when Fortnite came out and everyone started making forts? So you could play Fortnite at a fort. Do you remember that fad? That shtick? No, because I never, I was never into Fortnite. All right, let me tell you how it went. So Fortnite came out 
and a bunch of people were live streaming it. And the fad to do it that the, to do that year was to build a fort and play Fortnite inside it on your laptop. And so people were going out and building forts. And then some people started doing like uh, stealth forts. What they do is go to like Costco to the pet food aisle where they have these big bags, big sacks of dog food and cat food. They, when no one's looking, climb into the shelf there and pile up a bunch of stuff around them and make a fort in Walmart or make a fort in Costco. And some people were getting arrested for doing it. Some people would just live stream for like 24 hours, you know. We're going to spend the day in Walmart. We're going to spend the day in Costco in a fort and we're going to play Fortnite. And you can come, come on my live stream and join my game. And uh, anyway, what I was getting at when you said co- McDonald's covered in plywood, I bet you could build, I bet you could build a stealth uh, restaurant inside a Costco. You know how they have in Home Depot? You know sometimes they have the vendor hot dog vendor outside. I bet you could do that. Yes. Like on the DL, like you be walking down the McDonald's, uh, not the McDonald's, walking down the Costco aisle. This guy, Psst, hey, dude, you want a wiener? <laughs> you know it's a it's a hustle um i think i think that might get uh that might get misinterpreted put your money in the hole man two bucks put two bucks in the hole i'll send you a wiener oh and thanks to this account i found a tweet that is very relevant to our show this is if you look at the Craig's pictures big moves max Krager vg it's loading on the wonderful hotel Wi-Fi. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this is uh, the McDonald's. Congratulations, Ronald. Congratulations, Ronald. Yeah, it's the end of uh, the last episode of Evangelion, where they have the congratulations moment, yeah. but is mashed up with the McDonald's cast. So who do we have here? We've got the bird. I can't remember her name. Uh... The doctor, there's... Grimace uh, the taste bud. Grimace the taste bud. Um, the hamburglar. There's a pirate. Who the hell was the pirate? Hmm. I don't recognize any I don't of these. know, but he has a parrot. The pirate with a parrot. There's the little pom-poms. What the hell were they? Man, I the thought I knew... guys or something? I thought I knew all the McDonald's stuff, but I'm seeing shit I ain't never seen before. What are we... Well, shit. This is all new. Well, you're going to have to do some research for next week's show then, aren't you? McDonald Land. I don't remember them in McDonald Land. Oh, man. Name that McDonald's character! <laughs> there's Grimace again. Yeah, there's the uh, Mayor McCheese. He's the guy with the big hamburger head. Yeah. Who is a big hamburger? They had a lawsuit with H.R. Puffin stuff over him. And McDonald Land in uh-huh. general. Basically, they said it was a ripoff, but uh, I don't know. It's not like H.R. Puffin stuff owned uh, costumes and puppets. But what are you going to do? Big money. They get the big Huffin stuff sack full of dollars. Yep. They can do whatever they want. And they will. Yeah. Don't fuck with the Puffin stuff. That's what I say. Yeah, don't fuck with them. So we get Doug Yeah, that's some crazy-ass shit, man. Damn. That's, who do we got in the chat room? I'm, I only have one monitor here, so it's very hard for me to keep abreast of everything. Unlike you, I don't have a big rack. Well, we got, uh, we got the lovely Carolyn Blaney in there. Mm-hmm. Servo, Sharky, Cotton Gin, of course. 
Sir Vo says Fortnite came out and it's very gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Sir Bem Sir Bemrose is hate listening to us. Oh yeah, uh, probably on the No Agenda stream since for some reason he can't connect to our very secure, uh, our very secure uh, private stream for Rare Encounter. I think it's weird. We might have backlisted him by mistake <coughs> on purpose. <coughs> we'll find out. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, uh, Sir Spencer time. is lurking. He He's like counting the moments until I start up that pie. Mm. And he's twiddling his node. Not in public, Sir Spencer. There's well, laws about that. If you want to twiddle your node, you can go to rareencounter.net and hop on the chat. Uh, there's a link to that. There's also a live stream. You can listen to us. We record live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We also do a little bit of a post that show. That we do. A little bit of a pre-show. Uh, we play some music beforehand. So, you know, maybe more like 6 p.m. Eastern, you can check us out and see if we're up there yet. Uh, post-show might be truncated mm -hmm. tonight. I think post-show is going to be short, but we'll we'll find out what happens then. Well, I, I'll, still have to, I'll still have to put together the notes, but uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, our post show is usually uninteresting to those who don't want to hear us make complete asses of ourselves. Ah, uh, yeah. Or who are actually interested in how the sausage is made. How the sausage is made, indeed. And so we had a couple podcasts to run down. Uh, listen to Angry Tech News. Speaking oh, yeah. Of, Let's speaking run them down. Ryan Bemrose, uh, he had his... Uh, I cannot remember what number it is. I usually say the 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 number of episodes he's had so far. And I think it was eight. Uh, but uh, pretty good. He's keeping the cat sound sometimes, I think is the verdict there. Hog story. Cat sound sometimes, but not all the time. Sometimes, but not all the times. I told him he needs a tighter pussy. That's all he needs. The hog storians had... Uh, don't we all? <laughs> they... they <laughs> Oh man, the uh, the Hogstorians had their. Uh, I don't have any of the numbers. Cold, you gotta save me. I'm floundering. You gotta get me the uh, Hog Story episode. Uh, I'm, lo I'm looking blah, blah, blah. for you. I'm looking for you. I don't have any show notes. Usually, I start episode two thirty two was uh, Hello XIV or Hello fourteen. I don't remember if that was Thursday or Monday. I think it was Thursday's show. Oh, shit, Hogstory. Oh, no, it was published yesterday, so it was probably Monday's show, actually. Yeah, they had the yeah. uh, NPR, uh, <laughs> that New England game show. I forgot that uh, Fletcher really likes that. You forgot that it existed? Well, I forgot that he listens to that New England channel, and I can't remember what the hell it was now, uh, New England PB, uh, NPR channel. And so he's getting this weird cult, you know, the the New English culty stuff where they they pretend they're old-timey. That's what this show was. Mm -hmm. It just see, uh, was seeping with that kind of juice where it's like if you turn on New Hampshire Chronicle, uh, which is a, a show that aired up there, and Fritz Weatherby on New Hampshire Chronicle, and they pretend that it's not, you know, 2017. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's a very oh, interesting take uh, on the world. Behind the Schemes had their episode 68. With Corkess? Yes, again with Quirk S, just like, just like they had her on episode 69. Mm. So the question, the question is, will next episode be episode 70, or will they do a second episode 67 and start counting all the way back down to one? Oh, God, yeah, they could. They could start counting backwards. Um, 
They could just. I mean, uh, they, do... they've already they've already established the precedent by having episode sixty eight after episode sixty nine. I think they should just sixty nine again. I'm just putting. That I'd out be there. down with that. <laughs> you just sixty nine again. Why not sixty nine point yeah. five? Episode 69 from here on out. It's always episode 69. <laughs> That's like that book by uh, the Dancing Wooly Masters. Every chapter is chapter one. It's one of those. Since every yep. lesson, every lesson should be uh, should be learned as if you were as if it was your first lesson as a student. So every lesson is your first lesson. Every chapter is the first chapter. That's what he did. Yeah. Gary Zukoff. I couldn't remember his name. I talked about him on uh, Ablecraft a long time ago. Gary Zukoff. It just came to me. Interesting guy. Mm. Mm. Never met him. He's one of these spiritualist types, but he did two books which were kind of kind of fun. One was Dancing Woolly Masters, and it was about quantum physics. And or, or as he put it, he didn't call it quantum physics. He said the new physics, and it was about the advances in physics since the since 1900, essentially. And the way he did it is he hung out with a bunch of physicists and Zen type, you know, spiritualist people. And then he went to China and he talked to a bunch of Chinese physicists. And this is back when China was cool. And uh, he found out that the word for physics in China was Wu Li. And it was, it has a literal translation of a bunch of different ones, but the one that he likes to promote is patterns of natural energy is one interpretation of the word. So he calls them the Wu Li masters as the physicist. And uh, that actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And, and it, there's a lot of kind of uh, like woo woo stuff in there, but there's, there's not a lot. There's, there's a lot of um, like spiritual stuff that's couched in there. But it's still a very good book that explains complicated ideas in physics in simple terms, and I really like him for that. The other book that he did, which I haven't read, which is called The Seat of the Soul, The Seat of the Soul, like Sir Seat Sitter. And that one... The Sir Seat Sitter of the Soul. The Sir Seat Sitter of the Soul. That one, if I remember the premise right, he did the same sort of thing, but he hung out with biologists, evolutionary biologists, and started asking questions about the nature of life and and what do we know from a scientific perspective about consciousness and, and you know and i'm sure that that had a lot more uh flavor for the the spiritualist crowd out there uh but uh, the way he writes is grounded in science so when he he tells a story sometimes you know it has some flavor in it that's a little new agey but the the basic premise of of everything i've seen that he he writes is uh, is grounded in just real good research. And well, a lot of a lot of these spiritualists who end up with like really weird endpoints always seem to start off with something that's quite well grounded, but they make various uh, they make various logic errors and omissions to get there. Yeah, I mean, this something, is... something to point out for that is, I mean. Uh, this book that I'm giving Fletcher that he will eventually get uh, when Carolyn's finished reading it first uh, is by is by what's his name Graham Hancock. 
And he starts off with some things that were uh, essentially established at the time regarding Mars and regarding uh, just geographic uh, certainties here on Earth. And he spins it out to stuff like the, pyra the pyramids and the face on Mars being all connected. And, I mean, it's... I, when I read it originally... Like, I was like, whoa, this shit's way out. And now I'm like, wow, this shit's just nutty. And I can't believe that I actually believed in it back then. So here's my question about the pyramid on Mars. In the context... Not for a pyramid on Mars. The pyramids in Egypt. And apparently there's some connection to the the face on mars okay which turns out is really just an artifact of the photography technology uh used to make the images of that area isn't there a um i thought there was a pyramid on mars maybe i'm mistaken but one of the questions i had is don't we have Radar, radar altimeter data and ISAR data, or not ISAR data, SAR data from Mars, like height map data, radar height map data for, of the surface. You know, not just a photograph that looks like there's a shadow. I mean, we have 3D surface data for Venus, for example, that we got way back in the 70s. You're telling me that we, do we have a data set that shows uh, the heights of all these features, you know, according to a radar instead of just a photograph. Do we really even have that data for Venus? I mean, yes, we do. For, first of first of all, first of all, I'm not I'm not too sure about the quality of 1970s uh, tech for deter for determining all of that for for Venus, never yep. the Soviet Mars Union would be it. easier than that, but the I Soviet... don't think we actually have that information for Mars. Besides, how how can you be how can you be sure we have that when like we haven't gotten past the firmament? Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, we had um, the best data for Venus came from the Americans a little. The Americans came from us. Uh, a little bit later, but the Soviets did a, a pretty good job fielding the first synthetic aperture radar package over another planet. And they did it, I think it was Venera 2 or something like that. Uh, is that 1965? No, it was one of these. Maybe it was three. It was one of these early missions uh, in either the 60s or 70s. And they mapped a pretty significant portion of the polar regions... Uh, at the time, there was like a really low resolution map that the U.S. got of the entire planet, but it was like one pixel was, you know, a hundred square miles or something like that. There's no detail on it at all. And so with the, the new technology, synthetic aperture radar, they were able to get a really detailed map of some regions. And then years and years later, um, one of the American missions came by and... It might have been a Mariner. I'm just looking at the list now. It might have been one of the Mar Mariner uh, crafts. Uh, actually, Maybe did a super high resolution I definitely one. doubt that it was the Viking. I definitely doubt it was the Viking ones because those just took uh, camera photos. Yeah. Well, there's cool stuff. I mean, uh, I did that little rundown for a... It was a solo podcast that 
we never really made it into a podcast, but that was one of the topics in there. It was about image formation and the synthetic aperture radar technology they had in the 60s, specifically to map uh, the height, uh, height maps of planets. I want to know what Mars looks like, especially these funky features people say that they see there. I want to see what that looks like uh, to a radar. I haven't seen anyone publish that. I, that would be pretty interesting to see, see, to see radar or LIDAR data for Mars. Yeah. I don't and think, for Venus. That would definitely be interesting to see for Venus as well. I don't know if they could do LIDAR from orbit. Usually, like LIDAR, you have to, even with a plane, you have to fly the plane pretty low if you want to do LIDAR. Yeah. Man, I almost went on a... You'd be able to do LIDAR pretty easily on on Mars, I would expect. I mean, you just have you just have like balloons with lighter equipment on them and just let them loose. Oh, and they yeah. just float over oh. everything. Yeah, not from orbit though. No, not from orbit. Yeah. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to do it with uh with drones or planes or helicopters on Mars anyways because its atmosphere is too thin for for that, but it's not too thin for ballooning. Hmm. The did I tell you I almost went on an, uh, or I was trying to angle my way into a, an expedition. I shouldn't say almost went on, uh, an expedition to find mine uh, gold mines using lidar. No, no, there was. Uh, this was this was no, a dream job, and I that. completely missed out on it. Uh, it turns out it didn't happen. It kind of oh. it failed. It was one of those dream projects. Uh, I knew a bunch of guys who were hanging out at Denver. Uh, they were aircraft uh, maintenance guys at the the Denver International Airport, and then some of the other uh, smaller airports later on. Some of the companies around there picked them up when they uh, they really got sick of their job at a shitty airline, shitty minor airline. <laughs> Uh, they got sick of flying Nancy Nancy Pelosi around, uh, something like that. Anyway, long <laughs> long story short, uh, one of the companies they ended at ended up at was going to have this mission. Uh, they had a billionaire financier, and I still don't know what the name was. They didn't tell anyone what his name was. They just yeah, we've got a guy with a bunch of money. He's back in this trip. We're going to go down to like somewhere in South America, and I can't even remember what country it was supposed to be. And he said, yeah, we're going to use. Um, we're going to use a lidar package. We're going to put it on a plane. We're going to fly it around and map the uh, map the terrain under the jungle, and we're going to find like an Aztec gold mine or a you know old old gold mines. And he had this this idea that that's what they were going to do, and so they were like getting the lidar package put in. And one of my friends was going to be the aircraft mechanic who went down and and uh, worked on the plane and kept them flying. And I didn't get very far, but my idea was, oh, God, I got to get in touch with it. I got to angle my way in and be like the LIDAR analyst, you know, uh, who, yeah, I'll take the, I'll process that data. Come on, give it to me, you know. But uh, it wasn't to be. It turns out the, the story I heard is they started moving all their shit down there and trying to get ready to fly, but they couldn't get clearance from like the local dictator. <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to actually fly the uh, the plane around. And so they had to pack up. I guess they didn't pay him off enough or something. So, uh, yeah, not enough big enough bribes so. for uh, for the for El Presidente and his cronies. Oh. They were telling me about this, and I got all excited. I, said, I need to find a way to scam my way into this this expedition, and though it never really happened. So, <laughs> wah, wah. there's that. There goes yeah. my dream job. But I could have been like Indiana that. Lidar Indiana Jones. That could have been me. <laughs> 
That could have been you. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, it wasn't to be. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm digging well, I this. I think I'm all tapped out. I'm uh, I'm kind of digging this setup here. I, I'm I also like out of alcohol. I ran and got one while you were talking, so I actually have <laughs> another one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be at the meetup in Ohio. I got a text from Lavash, and he says, there's some meetup. I think I have to drive to Maryland and take care of some shit. I can't. I'm busy Aww. all weekend. I'm I'm at the point where I I need to find a way to record Ablecraft because <laughs> this is uh, this is getting tough living in a hotel room. I've, I haven't even been here a week yet. But oh well, we'll see you. Might I, might I suggest a cell phone a cell phone and have and have Sir Spencer recorded on his end? <laughs> you mean I could do, call in from my from my car? Yeah. Huh. While you're while you're driving to Maryland or back, yeah, I could do that. I could do that on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be kind of dumb. Uh, I'd feel dumb doing it, but uh, you know, whatever it takes. I'm the kind of guy who would try and set up the roadcaster in the car, though. Just, could, could, just to be honest here, I would tr- probably try and do that. Uh, I, what do I need? I need an inverter. Just on general principle. Just try, on general try principle. and have try and have your studio set up, up and running in the car while you're driving. It can't be that hard. Pod driving. Pod driving. Yeah, that's what Cotton Gin and I used to call it when you listen to a podcast and drive around. I'm going to go pod driving tonight. Except this time it would be producing while you're driving around. I am pod producing. Produce driving. That sounds like I'm in a truck full of oranges or something. Oh, well. Anyway. Yeah, that or lettuce. Or lettuce. Tomatoes. <laughs> cucumbers. Pickles. Cucumbers. Well, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. I'll see you next time. Keep it fruity, everybody. Yeah. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down. Don't you know what everybody tell me? She wasn't satisfied.